Welcome to another episode of the Coffee Roaster Warm-Up Sessions podcast. This is episode 136, I believe, which is quite the number. Um, it's a lot. And it keeps keeps climbing slowly but slowly but surely. The, oh, the higher it climbs, the more intimidated I get. <laughs> I know, yeah. There's same, way too same. much way too much information same. out there on some of the stupidest things I've said. Same. A- AI can uh it's gonna Dude. do some damage at some point. So um, so much for me being a politician, yeah. <laughs> Done. Um today on this episode we're gonna go over kind of the relationships between like a roaster, us and cafes uh, that buy our coffee, serve our coffee behind bar. What does that look like? How do we um, help make their lives easier? How do they make our lives easier and vice versa? Because at the end of the day, this isn't just, um, this isn't, I don't think this is just about like, how do we push as much coffee out there? Mm-hmm. You know, um, even though that is great for business wise, but mm-hmm. I think there are other things that play a role that are worth considering and talking about. Right. So. Yeah, ready to no, go. I'm right. I'm All ready right. to go. Dude. I'm rolling. You. My my mind is like I'm turning. Dude, I, this is yours. Are you sure? Yeah, yours. Oh, has yeah, that mine's gun a gray metal, one. The yeah, gunmetal yeah, yeah. uh, gray, Sick. which I, I like. Yeah. But did you know I have another house mug? That's like excellent. for home use. I want like five, ten more. Whole account. I want the mugs and I want the. We bring so much value. Don't they have plates or do they? They have, have plates. They have dining room sets. I'm like, dude. We need them all. Oh, I don't know what what I'd use them for, but all of them. <laughs> nice. That's fine. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's not extraordinary. Yeah. But I think the bruise. Pretty decent, no? Yeah, yeah. Like I'll say, quality. Yeah, I'll say it's it's dialed. Yeah. What are you picking up on it? Mm. I don't know. There's something that I'm tasting that I don't even know how to describe. I think there's some peachiness that I'm getting here and there. Mm-hmm. The classic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something else that sometimes when I taste coffee, I like kind of move through the stuff that I already know that is in the cup. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, dude, what's what's that flavor? Like, what am I what am I tasting right there? I know we have some folks that make fun of us because we always say stone fruit, and I think that's naturally. I think when you have like a repertoire of like flavor notes that you use, you know, you usually just your brain. I think automatically somehow just recognizes those things yeah. and call and like puts two and two together yeah where you know i mean i'm not gonna name drop but there's one coffee guru influencer on the web who always calls honey i'm not gonna say i, his I name. don't even know who but hmm, hmm interesting uh but honey is one of those where i'm like it's, it's, it's almost a, everywhere, but yeah. it but it's 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 a good flavor note. So is vanilla. Yeah, Vanilla's you can good. almost always call vanilla, and you're in the ballpark. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, we were just cupping, and I that stood out to me. And I'm never, I never called graham cracker. Mm-hmm. But that stood out to me, and I was like, that was accurate. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's 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 a flavor note that's worth yeah keeping in mind and yeah. using a little more often i mean think about what's not why not does that it, you can but, pick and choose but think about use. what a graham cracker tastes like right a lot of the time it's honey 
Oh, that's true. I forgot that it is very honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Honey and I don't know. What's what's gram? I guess that's it's like granola. No, it's granola ish, but it's not exactly. It's not like nutty and oatmeal like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that, but it is grain like you know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like our baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, and fried potatoes. Are they? Do they all taste the same? And French fries. I mean, they do all taste the same. They all taste like potatoes. Right. Yeah. But now, now, if you said like regular, like a Russell, like a Russ or Russet. Whatever potato, you compared that to a sweet potato, yeah, and you compared yeah. that to a like, I don't know what's another kind of potato. Are yams and sweet potatoes the same thing? We're going off on a tangent, yeah. but I need some like I need some comments regarding yes, yams yes, and sweet potatoes. Yes. Folks down in the comments, drop your favorite kind of potato. We'd love to hear yeah. about it. But yeah. yeah, the world of potatoes it's com it's pretty complex. It's a complex, complex experience there unless Indeed. your coffee is tasting like potato defect then we don't it's want true. any of that i've had true. some coffees from i think burundi that tastes like potatoes yeah not always nice unless you're into that i mean maybe i mean if you like a little potato-ness in there who am i to tell you what to drink <laughs> it's up to you i guess well All folks right. speaking of that uh well uh so I, we don't leave you guys hanging this is a Colombian washed, I believe. Yeah. Huela, um, I think, from Prodigal. It's it's the name of the coffee is Medina. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, solid coffee. I want to yeah. say it's, like, one of Prodigal's best, um, especially having tried a lot of them. Um, Can you it, say you've had every single Prodigal coffee so far? No, no, <laughs> we're not going down this train. I have not tried every Prodigal coffee. It comes up a little too often here, but uh, but yeah. Mm. Alrighty. Well, um, speaking of them, um, narrative is serving them. Yeah, which means you're potentially brewing them a lot as well. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, speaking of wholesale in general, uh, we also wholesale like surprise, and I don't <laughs> think that many people I, ask all the time. Yeah, people dude. do ask. Like yeah. as weird as it sounds, we also don't really talk about it too often. So it kind of makes sense mm -hmm. um, that people don't know. And yeah. so, yeah, a lot of what we do is we literally roast coffee and ship it to people's homes um, who buy it online. Uh, so if you want to pick up some tasty coffees right now, we have a pretty solid menu. Mm -hmm. Go check it out. But other than that, we also partner with, you know, all kinds of different, you know, businesses, nonprofits, um, you know, offices, uh, churches, mm -hmm. uh cafes including mm -hmm. so a little bit of everything um and we've had some interesting projects where people have just asked us to hey can you just roast a little bit for some kind of like holiday party or whatever mm -hmm. it is uh, but today mostly we want to just kind of talk a little bit about wholesale cafe specifically mm -hmm. um because i think the cool thing with wholesaling to cafes um is not only that not only the fact that you get to we get to sell coffee and let more people enjoy it. But cafes are also like the f kind of the face of yeah. coffee. Like roasters are not the face of coffee as much as cafes. Yeah. And we even have a lot of people locally who are like, oh, is there a place that we can go to buy your coffee? Mm -hmm. And I think, and nothing wrong about that, but I think people, like cafes are still such a, such a, you know, 
again, like the cover of the magazine yeah. mm-hmm. for a lot of people where they can experience coffee. So when we get to serve co- our coffee to somebody who can do a good job of serving yes. their people really well, um, that actually makes me feel like not only am I serving the cafe really well, but I'm also serving like a lot of the people in a community that I may not, never have reached yeah. and they get to enjoy really tasty coffee. And yeah. a part of being a roaster is also equipping the cafes with the right kinds of goods so that they could also thrive and mm-hmm. enjoy the coffees that they're serving. So yeah. I'm just going to start it with that. Anything that I said, maybe just triggered some thoughts. Yeah. I mean, one thought came to my mind is I was talking to a cafe owner on Sunday from like a local cafe bakery. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like letting him know like, Hey, like, you know, we have coffee. And I was thinking like, why, why would I want, my coffee served in this cafe mm-hmm. and one of the reasons is because you and i are regulars there you know right like right. we we love that place so therefore we feel like our coffee would belong there just because we enjoy that place you know mm-hmm. not not even to say that like we only want to drink our coffee no it's because we love the space so much that yes. we would love to have our coffee in that space you know for sure um and i i think that's like also an important thing like you brought up narrative it's like why would i love to see mirror at narrative it's because it holds a special place in like my life it holds a special mm-hmm. place in my whole coffee career like mm-hmm. it would be an honor to see our coffee there one day and it will be but at the end of the day i'm like thinking like that's that's a lot of the times the approach i have when i'm thinking about our coffees being in cafes like mm-hmm. this is a special experience for us knowing mm-hmm. that our coffee is being represented to the city, to this community, to the state. And it's also hopefully a special place for that uh, cafe or that space to be like, we want to serve Mir, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, another thought comes to my mind is when I was in Indo and that cafe served our coffee for like a week in Indonesia, yeah. that was very special again, because I love Indonesia, spent a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. And then to see a cafe overseas serve mirror not to me but to like the local people in that village in that town in that city that means a lot and that's that's basically how i approach envisioning every single cafe that sells our coffee Mm -hmm. or serves yeah that's that's fair um i think that's a very interesting point is to can like taking that aspect of like some places you just want your coffee in it's like i don't even care about anything i just want our coffee in there just because it's an awesome spot it's like a beautiful place or they do service really really well or man that that was you know like for example that local cafe like i love it i'll go there regardless right right but to have our coffee in there man that would just slap just though just the experience and being part of what they're doing which i think is Mm -hmm. a big deal is like when you can you know from our perspective is like when i can help a cool cafe that aligns with our values aligns with our you know quality metrics and the things that they want to bring to the community if we can align with that and just say hey like we're just here to like turbocharge what you're doing already mm-hmm. like supercharge your your cafe experience because at the end of the day i think that's a that's a really really big portion of it like mm-hmm. as people who are like they're literally pulling our coffee or yeah. some coffee into the cup of their people guests that are coming yeah. through 
and we want to be able to provide something excellent to them mm-hmm. because they're already doing something excellent. So like we're just coming alongside and saying, hey, you're doing cool stuff. We also do cool stuff. Let's yeah. do cool stuff together. Yep. And I think there's some really awesome stuff that can come mm-hmm. as a result of that. And I think it also refers to more of like a, a partnership than it yep. is like, hey, here's the invoice, pay the invoice, we'll get you goods. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, no, 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 we... We actually want to bring something good into this world. I mean, yeah. our tagline is literally reflect like what's, what's good. good. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the homage is like, we want, we think the good coffee belongs in the world. And yeah. if we can have more places that serve good coffee, it's great. Yeah. yeah. A, a part of part of the idea of like a partnership, what stands out to me is one, as, as someone who serves coffee that's been wholesaled mm-hmm. from a roasting company, I think one of the major things is like understanding that cafes or cafe owners, cafe managers, um, logistics matter, right? Whether it's how quickly the coffee gets shipped, um, how far off a roast date it is, mm-hmm. um, any, even things like, you know, shipping costs. Like there, there were numerous times where, um, it was kind of difficult to get a coffee because of how expensive it was to ship. And, you know, we serve at narrative, we serve a lot of coffees from, you know, other countries outside of the United States. So shipping and logistics are way different. We've had coffees caught up in customs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you do when your retail bags got caught up in cost- customs and they're four weeks off of roast? Do you still sell them? Do you scrap them? Do you return them? And I think a lot of the times when working with roasting companies and if a roasting company approaches that, uh, that space and that mentality of like, okay, like how can I make sure that this coffee uh, not only tastes good, but this coffee gets to its cafe in a timely manner with good logistics. Mm-hmm. And even even down in the nitty gritty of like, hey, when you open up a shipping box, like I've seen many different shipping boxes from different roasting companies. And sometimes when you open up a shipping box and those bags are destroyed in a shipping <laughs> box, it's tough. Like, it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's not a problem, right? It's still coffee. But like the right. fact that now I have to like, do a little extra work to make it look nice on this shelf. Yeah. It's little things like that, right? Um, even the design of a bag, like keep in consideration. I think Kyle yes. uh, did a poll at uh, Roselle like months ago, maybe six yeah. months ago about like, you know, hey, cafe owners or people like uh, what kind of packaging right. um, would you like? Yeah. And that's very, that's a big question for a cafe because you can get a freaking fantastic coffee, but if it sits on a shelf and no one buys it because not not even to, like and i'm not talking about poorly designed bags there's been companies that i worked with that have incredibly designed yes. coffee storage things that yeah. sit on shelves that did not sell well yeah because to a degree it was just not a not even the appeal it was just like people didn't get it was coffee yeah you know they thought it yeah. was a jewelry box you know yeah. and it's those kind of things really really matter so um yeah, and I'm more or less like now diving deep in like these logistical kind of right. things that you need to approach. Right, and I think, um, yeah, I I mean, a lot of what you said, whether that's shipping, bags, like we, we've taken into consideration almost all of those things. Right. Like, I mean, starting even with our bags, like we were thinking, okay, how is this going to look when somebody gets it in a box at home mm-hmm. and somebody... Like, how is this going to feel when, you know, they're, they're brewing it and it's halfway empty? Like, how is this going to be the experience of it 
sitting on a shelf somewhere mm-hmm. like a lot of these little things and although they can maybe not seem significant or big but it's again it's like instead of one silver bullet it's like a, you know a hundred golden bbs it's mm-hmm. like a bunch of little things working together to create i think something that's right really impactful and powerful yeah. and on top of that i want to touch upon shipping is that like yeah i think shipping is a big one because not only is it about freshness, but also if shipping costs are a lot, plus on top of that, you're selling a coffee that's somewhat expensive. That makes it, you know, a little challenging for folks like you mm-hmm. or, you know, folks listening to this who are cafe owners, cafe managers who are doing the buying decision. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't, you know, all of a sudden shipping starts to cost you a lot. Yeah. And then how do you, then you have to do a little more work of being like, hey, this is why this pour over costs 10 bucks. Right. And right. it's not a geisha or a cedra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, or, hey, this is why this bag costs a little more. Or even, you know, we, I mean, <laughs> we've kind of fluctuated with pricing and we kind of tweak it on the go because sometimes it's just like you look at the price and you're like, that's how much it should cost. But how is this going to benefit cafe yes. owners? Mm-hmm. And then we actually sometimes will actually, I don't know if this is probably not like a like good business practice, but yeah. I think putting cafe owners first is really impactful. But like we'll sometimes lower the cost of some things because we're like, mm, this coffee a little cheaper might cut out into our margins, but it actually makes the cafe owner's life a little easier because they might mm-hmm. be able to sell a cup for a little less or a shot of espresso for a little less, mm-hmm. let alone that also gives them a little more buffer in mm-hmm. like when they sell a bag. Like, I mean, yep. we've talked about like, oh dang, like a cafe that, serves, that used to serve our coffee. It's like, hmm, they're actually making yeah. X amount more, more than we are. Than we are. Yeah. And thinking about it like, that's okay, yeah. but then also thinking about how do we even increase it for them on their behalf so mm-hmm. it's a little easier. Like yeah. we've even, I mean, sometimes we've even taken hits on shipping and are like, cool, we barely made anything yeah. on that big order because we thought it yeah. would be better to just take a lot of the shipping hit. You know, yeah. like anyways. Yeah. No, that's everything you said is 100% right on. I think from someone who then receives that coffee on the other end and getting a coffee that you have to mark up in proportionately to sell on your shelf in your cafe and knowing that that coffee costs more in your cafe than the website kind of stings, you know? Yes. Um, But then at the end of the day, you got to like both sides of Mm -hmm. or all of the supply chain needs to make money that creates businesses sustainable because if one side goes down, if you know, a roasting company can't make enough money to be able to sell more coffee than that cafe, no matter how good and tasty your coffee is, they can't sell it because a roasting company isn't using good business practices Mm -hmm. to make enough money, to make sure that everyone's getting paid, to make sure that coffee's being sent out. Um, So every part of it is important and then every part of it has to work together. And I think this conversation has happened a lot when we're talking about buying green coffee, right? Um, And talking about margins from green coffee. I don't hear yes. a lot of conversation about roasting companies thinking about margins that cafes need to make in order to sell their coffee. And Correct. that's very, very important. That's what, when we're talking about partnership, that's kind of what we're defining. Like we're keeping yes. that in mind is that you are selling our coffee and you need to make money. We get that. So how can we make this you know, equally beneficial? Because if you sell more bags of our coffee, then guess yes. what? You're gonna buy more bags of our coffee. Yes. That's a win. 
Yes. So like when Jorge, uh, when you mm. talk to Jorge and he cared so much about how our business was doing, because yes. he knows, even yes. even if he didn't care, he's a very caring and good yes. and loving person. But even if he didn't care, it would be a business benefit to say, I want to make sure you sell more coffee because you know where you're going to get your green. In the same way that that's like, it's kind of common sense, but it's also a good way to take care yeah. of your partners. I agree. And I think, you know, on going even a step further is, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's like an unlock that happens when you can start thinking about the fact that cafes, when they do better, you're doing better as well. Mm -hmm. So it is in your personal interest, not that you should be manipulating somebody to get the extra win, but no, it is in your personal interest as well for them to do good. Like mm -hmm. my hope is that coffee from here sells really, really well. Mm -hmm. at you know wherever they they're yep. sitting on the shelf but also thinking about it like what can we do to um to shine a brighter light onto yep. cafes mm -hmm. that are serving our coffee yep. whether it's as simple as like a really small little post reshare of like hey yep. they're serving our coffee exactly it's a small little thing but me personally speaking like if a local cafe shared that hey they're serving one of my favorite coffee roasters or maybe a coffee roaster I've never tried, but I've always wanted to. Yeah. I would actually benefit, you know, from that, from just being like, Oh, they're actually serving our coffee, mm -hmm. um, in my little town. So I need to go yeah. and, you know, get a cup. So it's like even small little things like this are very beneficial. Yeah. And there are like a few things that I've kind of been thinking about is potentially even starting to invite some of those, um, some of those, you know, our partners onto the podcast, yeah. just shine a brighter light. Just say, hey, yep. folks, you guys have been listening to the podcast. If mm -hmm. you're in, you know, for example, there's a cafe in Louisiana that's going to serve our coffee here soon. Mm -hmm. If you're in Louisiana, New Orleans, go swamp the cafe and buy some yeah. buy some mirror coffee. Exactly. You'll enjoy it. They'll be happy. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Exactly. Oh, that, that, that's so good because yeah. one, as a cafe manager, that's such a big deal. You know, yeah, because I, mean, I love the multi roaster model. I love walking into a cafe, even if a uh, like is a barista PDX that roasts their own coffee yeah, and then yeah, serves yeah. other people. Yeah. It's like I love that one. It's like you know you have a classic, like you know like whatever they roast is gonna work. It's gonna be mm -hmm. there, but you always have an option to try something new, For and sure. then you also may have an option to try something like let's say when uh, narrative served kawa from france mm -hmm. the chances of you finding kawa in the united states was really really hard uh, yes you know? yes and then the chances of you even experiencing that coffee they had some bangers one of the most expensive coffees that i served was one of not the but one of the most expensive coffees mm -hmm. i've ever served i think it was like 1875 a pour over or something something like that don't Holy get macro. don't quote me on the yeah. numbers but it was from kawa and the reality is, is that wouldn't that wouldn't be possible if mm -hmm. my guests didn't know the fact that this coffee is being served in the cafe. So again, like that's the little touch on like marketing and how important it is on both sides of the spectrum that a roasting company shining a light on the cafe and a cafe shining a light on the roasting company and it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. It's it's a play like we all have influence in our little circles and or big circles yeah, and right. it's very very important that we all do our due diligence. For sure. Is there anything else that we haven't touched upon that is like for you, even small things mm -hmm. that makes your life easier from a cafe standpoint yeah. that when a roaster does is like, you know, like, yeah. hey, you just 
like it may not be anything big like recently i've been thinking about like we write our dates on our bag mm-hmm. and i was thinking like is it more efficient to put the date on the front side of the bag yes. or the back side uh, of the front, back always so then you're like turning it and i'm like always front so give me yeah. give me talk a little yeah. bit about that and then yeah. maybe a few other things that we haven't touched I mean, upon you, because you brought that up big shout out to velton velton <laughs> ross i absolutely love i don't know who does this velton or nate or whoever is working yeah. i absolutely love that i know that the roast date is on the top of the bag with a black sharpie because we yeah. they have this copper like metallic looking bag yeah and once i love that there's some roasting companies that have it in fine print on the label and i always have a hard time like oh where's that roast date like what bag you know what i mean like i, I just don't like that it's slightly um, more it's, time it's, consuming tedious yeah. yeah i just want to look up at the shelf and be like okay that i want to serve this bag first before that one that's it i exactly. don't want to take my time making that decision and that's a very like small thing right a little bigger but in that train of thought is like solubility um that that's key like to i'm not saying like all of your coffees should be developed just to make sure that they're super soluble that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying to have that diversity of maybe like solubility Mm -hmm. and taking your roast approach to a way understanding like hey we have this coffee that if you're a cafe and you are serving coffee in this manner this coffee would still taste good we're not Mm -hmm. sacrificing on flavor and quality but this coffee would probably fit your style of service better than this coffee there were definitely coffees that i've served before that were so difficult to extract on bar mm-hmm. in a cafe environment would that coffee extract great on you know at home on yeah. a you know weber like like decent espresso sure. like probably would that coffee slap probably yeah does that coffee work in the cafe when you don't have a moon raker like i mean that's a stupid example <laughs> right. but you yeah know, you no, know what i'm talking about like of course like you don't want to have all the little gadgets to make sure that your coffee tastes good so part of that mm. is understanding like, okay, what coffee can you offer to cafes that would actually work well for the cafe? I mean, okay, I keep going on this because it's on my mind. It's like, does the cafe dial in coffee every morning? You know, mm-hmm. that's a question. Like if they do, that's great. Like you can offer these coffees. Maybe they dial in once they get a bag and they dial into roast date. A lot of cafes do that cool that's fine but what coffee can they use to do that Mm -hmm. there's definitely been coffees that i'm like i don't want to serve this coffee again because it's such a pain in the butt to serve for sure what do you think about what do you think about coffee menu wise and selection wise is there something that you're keeping in mind that make your life a little easier of serving your guests or not really um yeah i don't know any thoughts on that yeah, because narrative uh, rotates their coffee every day, and we have anywhere from fifteen to possibly like twenty different coffees to choose from. Like, that's an insane model. Like, people just—I mean, this is not a podcast about narrative, but yeah. the example is like when a barista walks in the morning and they get to choose that coffee. Um, that's their choice, yeah. and that's a big deal. Like for me, when I come on bar, like the last two days that I've been on bar, I literally am like, okay, I want to serve. Like today, I served a Costa Rican honey, mm-hmm. and then I served uh, Futura's Panama. Yeah, and again, there's like there's just a little play between the two, just based on their flavor profiles, because mm-hmm. we serve like a tame and a wild, and there's a little bit of play and price. You know that that is a narrative model. You know, but I also think that's very important, even if you're a barista in a cafe that doesn't rotate twenty coffees but rotates mm-hmm. a few. 
is to think about how can you creatively serve guests based on flavor profile of the coffee. And then you could even make it really, like I sometimes make it really fun. Like I, we've at one point, this doesn't happen a lot. We've served only Colombian coffees on the whole Mm -hmm. menu. And you know how big our menu, our menu can have anywhere from one, two, three, four, five, like five coffees. And then who knows what's on batch. So six different coffees on bar at one time. Um, serve different ways right and to have like a string of colombian coffees can sometimes be fun because you're like hey look at all these flavors you can achieve from just one place of origin or one country of origin that's definitely something we think about all the time as a roaster is making sure that hey there's a coffee on our menu that will do well on just espresso it's not too wild it's not too out of the ordinary um of course i'm not saying it's bland or boring but i'm saying like it fits inside of a milk drink really really well and can be enjoyed by a wide variety that's kind of where our timeless category came from it's like Mm -hmm. hey this coffees are timeless um they're solid and uh that's also why we have like a really solid guat year round Mm -hmm. that's to really cover that and then we also have coffees that might be a little more pricey or a little more something that you know, is going to be served on filter or something that's a little edgy, or if you want like a wild espresso, um, simply because I think, I don't know. I I think as a roaster being able to offer a wide variety and even be able to suggest like, Hey, this Mm -hmm. is kind of where most cafes sit is I think that's like a a little benefit because that makes their life easier. Cause now they, you know, if they, if they're only carrying one roaster, they don't have to be like, okay, well, for the next two months, we won't have a solid, you know, coffee that's going right. to kill in milk. We don't have to look for another roaster to fill that gap or to fill mm-hmm. that hole. Or even like, you know, a decaf. Like we, yeah. for, I think first year, we didn't have a decaf. Mm-hmm. We brought it in because there were some people um, that wanted a decaf. And it's like, cool, that's an inconvenience if you have to go to another roaster to find Just a, a decaf. solid decaf. Mm-hmm. How do we how do we cut that friction out of the way yeah. and um, just make your life a little easier? I don't yeah, know. totally. I mean, who wants to throw like a you know twenty dollar a pound coffee into a mocha? <laughs> yeah. And is that I mean, yeah. is that yeah. necessary? Like, right, probably not. 100%. Like you want to you want to maybe throw a chocolatey coffee into a mocha that's gonna go with chocolate. Um, I don't know. At least that's how I th- feel about it, depending yeah. on your chocolate and all of that. But of it just doesn't make sense. And you have to take that approach as well as a roasting company to know, man, most cafes probably sell more vanilla lattes than just shots of espresso. Most. I'm not saying all. But there's yes. a lot of cafes that will buy coffee from roasting companies that need something that goes great in a vanilla latte. You know, and that's something to consider. That's something to be aware of. And that is what a partnership looks like is when you're thinking those things, when you're processing those things. And then when you're approaching your sales tactic, like as, as much as I hate saying yeah. that, if your sales tax tactic comes from a perspective of a partnership and service, then you're not really selling, you're serving, you know, 100%. and we get to serve coffees at X cafes through these people but we get to serve those coffees, you know? So when every single time a barista is serving a mirror coffee, we literally feel like we're doing it. We're with you like on that. And that's super important for me. And that's what I'm passionate about. Going back to the original example, you know, when I go in and I was talking to that cafe owner, I was like, Mm -hmm. homie, like I've been, I've been going to this cafe for like five years now. 
like almost every Sunday, unless I'm out of town or something's happening. I may in know life your menu as well as you do. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually helped you uh, price things on your menu <laughs> and asked you freaking raise your cappuccino by two dollars more, like yeah. because this is too cheap. Like yeah. you know what I mean? So stuff like that. I'm like, man, that's why do I want mirror there? Because of that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one last thing that inspired that thought was also realizing that you know like some some cafes are not good um so to speak not good uh what am i looking partners not good that but (laughs) we're not we're not a good fit yeah yeah and being able to say like i i mean there have been people that have reached out about samples and after doing a quick little research and i usually ask like hey who have you guys been serving for yeah and knowing based on what they're serving and what they're looking for i'm usually like Hey, this is probably the closest we can get. Yeah. But we may not be the right yeah. price yeah. point, flavor profile, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But I think that's also a part of just helping them and serving yeah. them. Yeah. Like I do totally. not want a cafe that doesn't usually sell light roasted, maybe fruity, punchy coffees to bring us on yeah. and then be like, what the heck? Why yeah. are all my customers yeah. not happy? Exactly. And it's not because... Yeah. They're not happy because the co- it's not because the coffee sucks. It's just that hey, you're not supposed to yeah. like that's not the yeah. these worlds don't mix, right. you know. And then knowing that that cafe doesn't you know serve coffees in this manner that would we would help them get a exceptional um, experience. Like I I wouldn't want a guest picking up mirror some random person in you know Missouri like picks up a bag of mirror. Yeah or drinks a shot of espresso of mirror that wasn't properly served and they have a bad experience. Now they don't like our coffee and two, they may never go back to that cafe because of our coffee. That would suck. You know what I mean? Like we're not in business of putting cafes out of business. We're in business to make sure cafes flourish. And that's, that's the key. That's the, the partnerships thought. A hundred percent. Well said. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Coffee Restore Warm Sessions podcast. I think this was a really solid killer um, episode that is just, if you're a roaster, I think this is worth giving it a thought as to how you should be going about, you know, serving serving your guests. So um, thank you once again for listening to another episode. And remember, as we always say, reflect what's good, folks.